Hey everybody, this is Daring Alkaline from the Doctor 3 Podcast. The episode you're about to listen to, we had some small technical difficulties and had to end up using the OBS Master Track, so the audio might be a little bit off in places or a little quiet, so I just want to give you a heads up. Anyways, enjoy the show. Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I am your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So let's go into last week's poll question. Mage, what do we got? Sure, last week's poll question was, are you enjoying the meta? Since the launch of Forged in the Barrens, we had 40 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And unfortunately, No, I Have Not was the winner this week with 42.5% of the votes. 30% of you said, meh, it's okay. Only 27.5% said, yes, this has been good. I think Mad at Arms uh, replied with probably the comment that I think a lot of us were thinking was, this went from an amazing to ugh, another mage balloted very quickly. Very so, yeah, real quickly. I, I, I think a lot of people the first day or two were like really excited about it. And and then suddenly when when the big powerful decks got figured, figured out and everyone started playing them, it was like, ugh. So, thank you to all of you that voted. We'll have a poll question at the end of this week's uh, show as well. So, stick around for that. So, we mentioned last week that uh, Balance Patches was going to be announced. And as of now, it has been announced and is in the game. (coughs) Excuse me. In patch 20.0.2, it includes standard, constructed, Battlegrounds and duels balance changes along with arena updates and a number of bug fixes. So let's go through these standard constructed balance changes. So first off, Deck of Lunacy cost four mana now. <coughs> that is uh that's a big two up mana. <laughs> so then we have Sword of the Fallen. Went from being a 1-3 weapon to being a 1-2 weapon. Jandis Barov. Ah, Jandis. Is now a 6-mana minion. Uh, up from 5, so... uh, Well, apparently, changing your mana cost still makes you real. So, <laughs> she's still there. And she still does the same old thing. So, Penflinger. And the crowd goes wild. Now can only target minions. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder which of those nerfs you seem to like the best. I, I can't imagine. It's not it's not like I haven't been enjoying Penflinger for the past like nine months of my life. 
when, uh, when the when the announcement came out on Monday, I tweeted it in the Discord and then put a note to Daring said, "Your long nightmare has finally reached its end. Is going to reach its end." Yeah, I played like six games earlier, saw zero pen flingers. It was incredible. Like that's the most fun I've had with this game in some time. Uh so then we have Far Watch Post now has three health down from four. And Morshan Watch Post now has four health down from five. Um we'll talk let's, about let's, these real quick. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about these. Uh, so I've seen a lot of people who say, you know, this wasn't enough that there needed to be more like done to these particular cards. I know there were some other people that thought some other cards should be in here, but I, I think all of these are, are good from the standpoint of, they don't mean that you automatically need to remove the card from the deck. I think ultimately, I think deck of lunacy ultimately will fall out of the deck because I, again, I have some experience playing spell mage without deck of lunacy and that deck is pretty solid without it. Yeah, um, I would agree. And and four mana to pay for transforming your deck is, is a little bit is a, is a little bit expensive, I guess. But like the other cards, Jandis can still be a really good card even at six mana. Sort of the Fallen still pulls secrets out of your deck, and and maybe you don't have three up at a time and only have you know one or two. That's still going to be difficult for your opponent to to deal with. And even the far, even the watch posts, I think are are a reasonable inclusion still, and and but more reasonable for your opponent to actually deal with now than they were before. Yeah, nice. yeah, because the the far watch posts, right? Like there were not a lot of decks that could deal four damage to a minion on turn two or three. Like, I mean, you could, but like. Then you're starting putting a lot of different stuff into it. So I really like the changes to the the watch posts. I feel like they're still really playable. It just makes them a little bit easier for your opponent to deal with, which is, I mean, and it'll make it easier for you to deal with them. So I think they're still in the deck or there's still some decks that will want to use them. And yeah, so... Um, Let me tell you, I was playing a lot of Soul Demon Hunter today, which, by the way, if you're looking for something good right now, play Soul DH, especially Inquisitor. It's it's the new crush, and yeah. I love King Crush, <laughs> I played Highlander Hunter, it's the new King Crush, although it's even better. But, uh, yeah, play that. Um, tell you what, though, playing Soul Shear on that watch post and being able to kill that on turn two with soul shear feels really really good yeah i was so i did it several times it is like okay this feels so much better that's amazing yeah yeah exactly i was gonna say i think even penflinger is reasonable from the standpoint of if you if you need uh like minion removal which you know there was a there part of the dev notes on it we're talking about the fact that that card has been basically a dual threat the ability to to remove minions as well as do a lot of chip damage over multiple turns uh presumably um and and the the i i don't think the initial intention for this card was to be that much that good of 
that good at doing both those things, right? And that's that's ultimately, I think, why it ended up getting nerfed. Um, but like, there's still, uh, you know, I was watching Jay Alexander playing playing Secret Rogue today, and he still is running Penflinger for now because it's a great way to deal one damage to your to your bot to get a mana reduction on all your cards, the efficient Octobots. So, I mean, there's and and if you are a class that doesn't have a ping and but has a fair number of spells. This might be a reasonable option to include. It just isn't going to be kind of the basis, I guess, for eight, ten, twelve damage over the course of a game, and then you just have to figure out where the rest of that damage comes from, which is which is which is good, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's <laughs> The fact that it was damage, repetitive damage that you could not interact with, like it's one thing if your your rogue plays a bunch of cards and you know does a pro, a giant prize plunder, he doesn't launch eight damage to your face. He launches it at a minion, like so he doesn't get to prize plunder your face. Like he gets to to clear a minion, and like that seems fair for something I can't interact with. Because that's the thing, I can't interact with it. Like it just, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So like, huh. I, I'm, I'm glad to see it happen. I feel like it is still playable in some senses, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a more fringy sort of card than be yeah, a, precisely a key piece to 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 a deck which is kind of where it's been for most of the last like four or six months yeah exactly so um i mean so like i feel like the watch posts were good um deck of lunacy was well needed uh you know, honestly, I didn't think the Jandis Baroff was really super necessary, but I don't hate it either. Um, so, like, I feel like, okay, if that's what they want to do, then I'm totally on board with taking Janet Jandis up to six and just, yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with slowing Rogue down just a teensy bit. Well, there, there, they, they specifically said that, that, the Janus Barov nerf was a nod to just how good the five cost minion pool is right now because of the change from classic slash basic to a core set, along with the rotation. Uh, you know, they're they're not you you don't low roll with a one one anymore. Or or, or a zero three. The, z- <laughs> the zero three. Yeah, or a zero three. Like I think you're averaging like a four or five minion right now, is about it, and and that's like that's that's a, that's a four drop, and so you're getting two four drops, one of which dies on on um, on a single damage, but it's still a lot of times you have to guess which one it is, and like there's some some awfully good. Uh, cards that you can get off Jandis that that can really can really swing a game so it probably is worth it though i think i think Jandis actually i 
because you can you can disenchant it for full value, I might actually use this as an opportunity to upgrade my Jandis from a regular to a gold for only sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I had a I golden Jandis. You had a golden Jandis? Oh. So I decided to disenchant that, craft the regular one, and profit 1600 to us. Yeah, that's absolutely like, the really right call. That. All right, well, let's move on to the uh, notable standard bug fixes. So they first fixed a bug where Shadow Jeweler Hanar could discover secrets from outside of standard in ranked standard. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming this has to do with the core set versus classic set. Yeah, I would imagine so. I did not play Shadow Jeweler Hanar before this, so... Oh, well, that's good. Um, they fixed a bug with Kazakis Golden Shaper, where the Firebloom ability could target the same minion twice. I didn't realize that was a bug, but I guess it does say deal two separate minions. damage to, to random min minions. Yeah. yeah. So, and they fixed a bug where the uh, the sound effect for certain spells would continuously play after being transferred by Oh My Yog. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That is needed. Yeah, oh yeah I was going to say, I, I, I misspoke last week because it, I thought it was fixed, but it was totally still happening to me on mobile at least, so. Um, Very glad that one got fixed. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> No more motion sickness while playing. Yay! Mm -hmm. Yay! Um, so next we have uh, the other fixes. They fixed a visual bug where the tavern pass XP, XP displayed on the achievement detail would be... Uh, detail view would be incorrect. I'm sorry, that was, there's a lot of... A lot there in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, so the XP that was listed as what you would get for completing an achievement... Uh, was bugged. It was not showing the correct amount if you had the tavern pass. And so they fixed... You would get the correct amount, apparently, but there was a visual bug, not, and it wouldn't show you the correct amount. So now that's going to be fixed. Okay, then we have fixed a bug where the mass disenchant preview would count some cards twice, but would give you the correct amount of dust when used. So, uh, so, so I guess it would count cards twice and tell you you're getting like 600 dust, but you'd get the correct like 400 dust. I, I never paid close enough attention in my dust. I'm at like, like 27,000 dust. So I, I just hit the button and I don't pay attention after that. Um, uh, and they fixed a bug where players could reroll into the same win five games of rank play mode. Uh, weekly quest after already completing it that week so that's yeah. the bet that's the best quest that's the <laughs> highest reward so why would it i didn't know that was a thing otherwise i would have been doing I that did, i didn't know it was a thing i missed it last week i didn't realize this was a thing i saw it on twitter i think ben hearthstone may have been the one that uh, that i saw that was talking about it and so I actually tried it last night and re-rolled one of my quests after I completed it and got the win five games again. So I, nice. I am a, I am a, uh, I'm a cheat, cheater, I guess. So please, please who, don't panic for me. Who, who are you cheating? 
uh, getting less resources. <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating the rewards track, I guess. Well, I didn't know that was a thing either. Exactly. Like, I, I, I guess I don't feel like, like if you've already completed it, I don't know what the issue is with giving you that same one again is like, I feel like that should just be like, okay, that's fine. I don't know. I guess because it's worth so much more uh, than the other weekly quests, they don't want you to be able to complete it more than once a week. And so, um, so yeah, maybe you don't get to. Feels bad. Yeah, it maybe they certainly need to do does. Some balancing of the quests. <laughs> then. <laughs> um, and then one related item: Hearthstone tweeted. In a hot fix later this week, Cargol Battlescar will become eligible for a full dust refund for two weeks. In the days following the hot fix, com- compensation will go out to players who dusted Cargol after the twenty point zero point two patch notes were published. So, so the, yeah, explain yeah. this to me. I'm I'm yeah, a little confused. This is, this is weird. Usually, when we have a card that gets indirectly nerfed because of some cards that have been nerfed. In this case, two of the watch posts, we typically have not seen the ability to get a full dust refund on those cards. And like like when there was a nerf to the Serenite Chain Gang, Shutterwalk didn't get nerfed or something like that. A key piece to the the, the deck, but was it but but you wouldn't get a, a refund on that because Shutterwalk itself didn't get nerfed. But for Cargol Battle Scar, because it is so important that you, the watch posts are a key part. That is basically what the battle cry is. It's how many watch posts have you played? You get a five five for it. They are going to, in this instance, give us a full dusk refund on that legendary for two weeks. It, it and I think there was some people that may have indirectly thought they'd get a full dusk refund after the patch went live, but because it wasn't a card that was nerfed, it did not. And so they're even going to go and compensate people that did do that uh, or or disenchant it before this full dust refund uh, option becomes available later this week. So okay. uh, kudos to Blizzard for doing that this time in particular because the yeah. the watch po- the the watch posts and this legendary itself are so directly tied together so i'm at oh go ahead don oh i was just gonna say it's it's really interesting that they're doing that because like you said they're they really haven't done that before it there hasn't really i don't feel like there's been cards that like directly relate like this except for maybe if you consider like the odd and even stuff with gen and baku I think that would probably be the last thing that I could think of that was really tied together like this. So it is pretty cool that they're doing that, especially since they nerfed two of the three watch posts at the same time. Now, here's my conundrum. I I have a gold cargo. Do I <laughs> want to keep a gold cargo or get no. 1600 dust? But I have like 20, I have like 28,000 dust and a complete forge in the Baron set. So I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not trying to rub it in. It's a decision. I'm like, do I want the gold card more than I want 1600 dust? 
you know, I think that's I, a fair question. <laughs> I think well, it's probably us, worth it. Yeah. I think you'll have to let us know what you decide because I, I think if you're really into gold cards, then probably, probably not. But like I mean, the ability to just be able to have 1600 dust banked for whatever you want in the future, I think is, it seems very enticing to me. Yeah, it it is. I wouldn't say I'm like an extreme gold. Like, I don't think I've ever really crafted a gold card. But as of recent, I haven't, like the last couple expansions, I haven't disenchanted my gold cards. And like, I have a couple of like from the classic set. And I used to disenchant them all the time. Um, But now I'm like, I, I've just been so re- resource secure that it's like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep them. Because... They do look cooler, and yeah, I don't know. I guess if I get hurt, if I'm hurting for resources, because I did even before this, like I crafted, I recrafted Sylvanas and uh, Ragnaros when Classic came out, because those were the only two cards from that core set I didn't, or the Classic set I still didn't have. So, yeah, I, I guess um, I'll just put this out there for people who are listening. It might not be as relevant for you, or if if people have the full set, but. If you're in that situation, you also could consider if you disenchant that and you're looking to get more, what what is that, epic? I think it's that an epic card. Which card are we Cargol? talking Cargol? Cargol legendary. Wait. I'm I confused. Okay. Well, I think the point you were trying anyway, to make... It, but it, it's the duplicate protection. Yes. Yeah, so... If you're if you don't have a full collection and you have something like that and it's not needed, you know it might be worth it to look at disenchanting that so that when you open packs, you fill in the rest of the set before you get that again. So that is something to consider at least if uh, if people are similar for you with a full collection, it probably doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to like brag about that. It's just. Also, also, one of the pieces of advice I've heard for years now, when something gets nerfed, if you don't want to play with it immediately, disenchant it and keep the dust. Like, mm-hmm. because you can always go back and recreate the, or recraft the cargo. If you find out, you're like, hey, I want to play watch post stuff. So I have 1600 dust earmarked if I want to put, you know, recraft, recraft cargo. But all of a sudden... You're like, eh, watch posts aren't as good as they were, and I have no interest in playing them anymore. You do, you don't disenchant it now. You're gonna get 400 dust for it down the line. So like, if you yeah. just start there, unless you're super sold on the card, if you still want to use the card, uh, if not, then dust it and see how you feel a little bit down the line. Um, don't let the dust burn a hole in your pocket if you if you. <laughs> you do yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just be smart about crafting too. If you need to be on a budget, just kind of do your research before you just click that button. But it is very safe to disenchant Cargol, like I said, because you can always recraft him. It's a one for one, and whereas in two weeks it won't. That will not be the case. All right, so we have new Crossroads bundle available through April 26th. So it is uh, 20 packs from Standard 
uh, legal sets along with two legendary cards for 20 bucks. So it's two Forge of the Barons legendary cards, five Ashes of Outland card packs, five Skullman's Academy card packs, <laughs> excuse me, five Madness at the Dark Moon Fair card packs, and five Forge in the Barons card packs. So it's 20 packs for 20 bucks. So a buck a pack. And you get two legendaries from Forge of the Barons. Um, they're just passing out legendaries in these bundles. So, like, damn. I, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Are, those are, the, yeah. You know, the fact that they're adding these legendary car, cards from the latest expansion in these bundles really makes them uh, reduce the cost in trying to get the entire set. If that's if that's the goal that you're that you're trying to hit, so. Yeah, this is. If you need more than two legendary cards, and you are you're from the current set, or like you're trying to fill in from previous sets, this is this is a good opportunity to do that. And you you rarely get card packs for less than a buck a pack. So like that's like the good deal starting point is if it's a buck a pack, then you're probably doing pretty pretty okay. Because keep in mind. Any other normal time, and you want to buy, uh, spend twenty dollars, you're getting fifteen packs. So again, five more packs, um, and two legendaries. So you can't really beat that deal. Yeah, and they're all like relevant cards, right? Because yeah. they're the most recent stuff, so they're going to be relevant for a little while longer, which makes a difference. Exactly, another yeah. nine months for, for at, at least. least. For at least the next the entire year of the Griffin, these yep. cards are going yep. to be standard legal. So yeah. and and the legendaries and the Forge of the Barons are going to be through the next year too. So. Year of the Doggo. Um, <laughs> I'm calling it now. Un- un- unofficially, we're going to call <laughs> next year Year of the Doggo. I like it. <laughs> okay, so the Hello Hello Sir Noyo uh, Paladin portrait is back in the shop. It is available for ten dollars or fifteen hundred gold until April twenty-sixth. Unlike some other portraits, no card back was or is available with the portrait. And Goblin Card Back, originally available for achieving rank twenty in rank play in November twenty fourteen, also in the shop for three dollars or five hundred gold. So if you did not get the Anoyo Anoyo bundle, it was like I think it was like twenty-five packs. And the portrait for like thirty bucks last time, so it was yeah. There was a Sir Anoyo bundle with yeah. some packs, and it was just the portrait. There was no card back, but it was the portrait and card and, and card, card back. Yeah, so I remember so. this because I have Sir Anoyo. So like, yes. I think it was back in twenty seventeen. In all honesty, uh, I think it was twenty eighteen. Was yeah. it okay? It was, it was a little while ago. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so HS Replay adds Mulligan notification feature. So clicking on the Mulligan notification, it redirects to Mulligan Guide for the deck you're playing, scrolls the page to cards, stats, and highlights the cards in your hand, auto-selects your opponent's class if there's enough data, it requires premium. Um, yeah, so, that that feature of auto selecting your opponent's class, you have to have HS Replay Premium in order to get stats broken down by opponent's class. So you have to have you have to be paying for that feature to get that 
Yep. So we're looking into updating the this to auto-select the rank and player initiative filters in a later release. Update HS Replay to get this new feature. Very, very cool. Um, if you're using if you're using deck tracker, you should probably update and get this feature and possibly get HS Replay Premium. Because <laughs> that is super, super helpful information that will guide your mulligan without you really having to think all that much. So very cool Man, to see this... that Yeah, that's cool. And terrifying at the same time. It's like it's one of those things of like technology where it's like, oh, that's really cool, but also I'm really scared because that's that's very very scary and leads to that conversation I think people have had when this kind of stuff was first coming out about like, you know, is it creating an unfair advantage type thing? But wow, it's it's stuff you're Perfect. you're doing manually right now, presumably if you have. Uh, HS replay open on your computer while you're playing. Yeah. It, it's basically just making it a little bit easier for you to do this. Uh, just yeah, without with, without uh, going through that extra step. So. Yeah, and it's aggregative stats, so it doesn't necessarily mean that is the right mulligan. There might be a difference in your play style. Um, there might be something more you want to emphasize and how you play so like this is helpful this is advice and these are stats for how other people have played the game over a larger sample size but it's not like this is this these are x-ray specs and you're not playing texas hold'em like so like you're not like breaking the game this is just giving you a little bit more information on historically what has been happening in the game and like this is all information that is already on hs replay um and especially the class breakdowns if you're a member premium you get that anyway so this is just automatically doing it as opposed to having you like scroll through and just kind of look at and and, and after a while anyways you you know what's happening like you learn if you learn a deck you're going to know what you want to mulligan for anyways in the matchup and this is just going to be like okay that's right well this card win rate has gone up a little bit but you know i don't like using it here in this case so yeah it's just it's like in additional help we've talked about things like this before obviously using things like the hs replay but even breaking things down even more and taking things like if you want to improve that one certain aspect, looking at something like a mulligan, this is going to help people like with an easier way of like, how do I get started with that? That's how you do it right there. It's easier to get to start with something like that. And then you can actually start learning different things like that a lot easier as well. Okay. Big, big one. Uh, big news item here. We have Ixar's Twitter question and answer number 13. So, uh, Dean Ayala discussed balance patches, classic game mode, cosmetic, and ticketus, among other topics. So, first off, regarding balance patches, it takes the devs three to five, uh, Three to five days of gameplay to know if they need to make balance changes. 
Planning and releasing a patch on all platforms takes an additional three to five days. Regarding buffs, they will be making a decision about buffs after the dust has settled on the nerfs. Regarding diamond cards, some art doesn't work well with diamond cards, so they're considering making alternative art for the next set of them specifically for a diamond animation. Do you need to jump in there, Major? Oh, I, I was just going to say that uh, it's interesting that, you know, we've seen buffs once and they they typically aren't on the table, but they're at least thinking about them again. So I, I think, again, it gets back to, uh, you know, they're willing to do things that, that maybe the previous, or the old guard of Hearthstone wouldn't, wouldn't be doing or wouldn't have considered doing. And... I, I like the fact that they're they're willing to consider these things. Regarding cosmetics, the pipeline for cosmetics has ramped up significantly. You don't say. Yeah, I <laughs> had it noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it. My yeah. wallet's a little upset by it, but I, I love it nonetheless. Exactly. Like, that's definitely one thing I can get behind, like, them making cosmetic changes and making money off of it because it mm-hmm. doesn't require you to I always say this when it comes up like I am 100% always fine with games selling skins and like cosmetic not that I'm not okay with a game selling other things but like that's one thing that like is a no brainer for me I'm like if you want to sell cosmetics that make your character look sweet and like it's just cosmetic like doesn't change the way the game plays like I'm 100% on board for that. It it feels like something that's so easy for Hearthstone to adapt, you know, and and do. So, I'm really glad that they've been doing a lot more of them that people have the option. Exactly. The option the option options are everything, so Okay. I'm surprised it took as long for them to do it as they did. Yeah. But they're doing it yeah. now. And they're, they're definitely, the things that they are doing, a lot of them are really, really cool. And I'm glad that they're doing them. And I'm glad that they're, they, they looked at going forward, this is how they're, you know, how they're going to do things. And so we're going to have opportunities to get cosmetics in the game in various forms or fashions. Okay, and then regarding Ticketus, Ticketus is a card that generates a lot of feels on both sides. Most of the games Ticketus is plays, Ticketus loses. Sentiment is the only reason you should make changes. Data only helps us inform what sentiment, sentiment actually might be rather than listening to one specific community. They said... They will be taking a look at Ticketus after the nurse, though plenty of decks beat Ticketus. Okay, moving on to Grandmasters Week 1. So we have Ali Timu, Tice, and No Hands Gamers uh, winning Week 1. It was very nice to have Grandmasters back, and it was a lot of fun to have high-level Hearthstone. So uh, Ali Timu brought... Secret de- uh, secret Watch Post Rogue, Control Priest, Weavum Secret Paladin, and Lunacy Spellmage. Tice brought Lunacy Spellmage, Ticketus Control Warlock, Watch Post Rogue, and Le- Libram Secret Paladin. 
and No Hand Brought, Watch Post Rogue, Lunacy Spellmage, Cthune Priest, and Libram Secret Paladin. And uh, No Hand Gamer had my favorite moment of the week in his game versus uh, Monsanto, <laughs> which if you have not watched that game, it was uh, it was Priest his Cthune Priest versus. Um, well, I think Masanta was playing Cthulhu Priest as well, and he was playing against um. God, I don't remember what uh, No Ends was playing, but basically what happened, um, was Mosan- Mo- uh He had uh forging on the board. Uh, uh, No Hands Gamer had for uh. I can't remember the first name of the new forging. Is it Taylin? Yeah, he had Taylin forging on the board. Monsanto had completed Ticketus, or no, excuse me, he had completed uh, Cthune. Cthune had been put in his deck. He played Mindrender Lucia, killed Talon Forging, cleared, basically cleared his board, and he drew, he drew Cthune, and he Cthune, no hands Cthune Monsanto with his own Cthune. It was... Oh my God. <laughs> I did not. I did not see that. Oh yeah, go. It's on. Um, if you check out the YouTube, uh, Derek Brown's top five moments of the week, that is on there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I would say I that would was say. Mu- that was muscle memory because he's like, okay, I'll do that. I'll, it'll kill. Uh, it'll dry out my Maui ghosts, and then I'll get my deck back, and I'll get to play Maui ghosts draw a bunch of spells and being in a really good position to close out the game. So I highly recommend that game. It was, there are a lot of good series that one. Like I feel like Monsanto just couldn't pull it back after that, just because he was in a really bad place. Cause he's like that. I, I don't know how you come back from that one. And unfortunately he did it, but all right. So let's go to dragon rider, your qualifier update for the week. Yeah, so I mentioned this last week, uh, but I ended up not playing in any of the tournaments um, because I was taking time off. So it was my husband's birthday and then our 10-year wedding anniversary, so I didn't play in any of that. But we did go together, and for our 10-year anniversary, we ended up getting some tattoos done together. Some sweet nerdy tattoos, of course. Like he has the Horde logo and like a Batman and Joker logo thing, and the Magic the Gathering symbols, and yeah, it's like so you know, nerdy, nerdy fun time together is what what happened instead of qualifiers, which I will say, like mentally, that was a very good break and also the timing of it i think with like before the nerfs coming and everything it ended up working out pretty well i say that's perfect timing you could not have asked for like better timing on that that is like the perfect idea like i'm walking away i don't care about deck of lunacy see you later (laughs) see you later pen flinger see you later paladin i'll see you next week when you're less prevalent yeah so, it, you know, all of that, it was it was a great time off and, you know, we spent some time together um, and, you know, then came back this week and now like, I'm just I'm excited to get back to work. And that includes the qualifiers. So this coming weekend is the first uh, weekend for the 
newest Masters Tour, which is going to be Masters Tour Dalaran. Uh, so this is the first weekend for that. We have the nerfs that just went live today as we're recording this. So I am excited to get back to some tournaments and really put a lot of effort into the qualifiers this coming weekend uh, and see how how it feels after that. Um, but I guess that's pretty much pretty much it uh, for the qualifier update, but let's go ahead and start jumping into our main topic. Uh, Darren kind of already read a little bit about it, uh, talking about something that I feel like has been a little bit uh, debated in the community, and that was that point regarding Ticketus. So we thought we would talk about it and about just Ticketus in general and about how people think about cards. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody specifically wants to kick it off, but what do you think? Well, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of discussion about the card. I know a number of people felt like that card needs to be nerfed. Uh, they were disappointed that it wasn't a part of the the balance changes that went into effect this week in 20.0.2. I think there's other people that think that the discussion of it being nerfed is overblown and doesn't, I mean, it's not really even a choice. Uh, I I did like that Ridiculous Hat asked some question a question about it during the XR uh, Q and A last week. He, he asked about if there's a if there's a big disparity in player experience with regards to Ticketus specifically uh, between the different ranked brackets. Uh, and XR basically said there 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 are some differences, but there's not actually all that much. I mean. Uh, unless you're looking at really top, top legend. But then again, a lot of things get kind of exacerbated at top, top legend because you have the best of the best players uh, being in that in that spot. Uh, Ixar went on to say there, that Tegetus actually isn't, doesn't see a ton of play. Like if you look at cards, uh, he mentioned Shutterwalk and Naga Sea Witch as a couple cards um, that kind of drummed up similar sort of feelings and were hotly kind of debated as to whether or not they needed to be nerfed or not. Uh, it, it's not as popular a play exp uh, playing as as those cards were, and said most of the games that Ticketus has played, it doesn't they don't win the game. And uh, and games that control Warlock that has Ticketus in their deck, games that they win, a lot of times they don't win because they played the Ticketus. So th this card is, um, you know, definitely a lightning rod when it comes to uh, player sentiment. But it 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 un un might be unfair that it is getting that much of the uh, the brunt of the. The, the love or the hate, as it were, uh, for Control Warlock. He said the only concern he has about the card is that it, you know, he doesn't want it to be like the only way to play Control Warlock. And if they are somehow uh, dissuaded from playing or doing other really good things with Control Warlock, then, then, then yeah, Ticketus probably does need to get changed so that they could, so that people uh, experiment outside of Ticketus. So, I think it's I think it's a really interesting conversation because there's just so everybody seems to have an opinion on Ticketus. 
and whether or not the card is good, whether the card is bad, you know, how do you deal with it, that sort of thing. And so uh, that that's that's why I think this discussion is interesting. It's uh, you brought it up before we were recording, but I w- I had the same thought. It's very much like the debate of tracking, right? Where people are like, either no, that's terrible. You're getting rid of your own cards. Why would you do that? Or the those cards just consider them at the bottom. You're never seeing them anyways. So tracking is is a fantastic card. And you had people like on on each side of the spectrum. And I I do feel like Ticketus is very much like that as well. It, it is a very interesting card. I think as for me, I'm on the side of I don't think it needs nerf. I definitely I think I agree with what Ixar is saying though. Like if it becomes the sole way, like that card makes control warlock then it might need touched and i think that's why some of the other cards that we saw get nerfed were you know getting touched um but in like right now i don't i don't think ticketus needs to be nerfed yeah i think people um also need to keep in mind that burning cards from having cards burn from your deck is not the worst thing in the world most of the time like it is a powerful effect but there are times when it's like okay like that's you you may have burned cards from my deck but i still win like that's the thing like ticketus is a card you have to have time to play you have to corrupt it and um it feels but you know it feels very powerful when you're playing against another controlly deck and guess what cards like that is when it feels really strong but if you're playing a super aggressive deck um you're not going to see ticketus 90 percent of the time i also saw over the weekend tice play a tempo ticketus played it as just an 8-8 so like he burned five of his own cards and that was okay that was fine for him and he won a game off the back of that. So, um, it's, it just, I, I like the effect. I do. I like Ticketus as a card. Um, it sucks having your cards burn, but it's not a, like, I don't like losing either. So, you know, whatever. It, it's just, it's something that's in the game. Now, like, I feel like as long as it's in Warlock, um, if you want to play Control Warlock, you're probably putting tickets in your deck because you're you're going to probably be playing Twisting Nether, and you're probably going to be playing Sol, uh, Sociologist Militia. Like it feels like that card is just going to be an auto include because the other cards around it are so good. But that, I mean, they could like I feel like if they wanted to go a different direction or tried something different. They could probably entice people to play something different, but like as of right now, well, it's just, with what we have, it's like there's no reason to take tickets out of your deck because it's it's just good. It's not it's not like game breaking or it's still a slow card, but yeah, I mean, they're literally the earliest you can burn cards from Ticketus is turn seven, right? Or I mean, technically, I guess if you're running a ver- variant of. Uh, a deck with only demons and you get it on a mission early or free entry and get the, you know, the discount on it. But 
Yeah. So I, I thought one, one thing we could look at is, you know, we, we talked about HS replay earlier. There's, there's stats that have been compiled uh, on the, on the ticketist card and, and some of the win, win rates uh, of the, the most popular decks with ticketist in it. The, the most played version of control warlock. If you look at diamond, the legend, since the expansion went live, uh, it has the overall deck rate is win rate uh, or the win rate of this particular card ticket is in that deck is 51.1%. So it's barely above 50% win rate. And and one thing I think that you have to think about, and, and I don't know if a lot of people do necessarily, is how long does this card sit in your hand once you've drawn it? Because Again, this is a corrupt card, so you have there's some setup with it in order to actually get it to be played. And the average the average number of turns held for this card is 3.9, or almost four turns. You have to hold the card once it's in your hand before you actually can play it. And the average turn that this card is played is 10.3 in the most popular deck. The second most popular deck, the win rate is 49.6, so it's below 50%. Same 3.9% turns held, and its average is just over 10 at 10.1. So I think there is a little bit of like an idea that, oh, my opponent is playing this card so early that like I can't do anything about it. And no, it, it doesn't actually appear to be the case. It is being it, it's being played primarily on or after turn ten because of that setup that needs to be done, and 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 so you you have some time. And the uh, the other thing is overall deck win rates with Ticketus in the deck since the beginning of April. The the Warlock decks with Ticketus in it have fluctuated from a 47.29% win rate to a 48.89% win rate. So it, the the de- the overall, all the decks that have Ticketus in it don't have a 50% win rate. So the, it, it it's it's like this card is not the card that you're you're not just winning auto winning because you have ticket you're playing control warlock you're playing ticketus and you queue a game that just is not actually what is happening yeah, yeah. and i i think there's a lot of factors too that go into this and that's part of what our main topic is but how do you think about cards differently talking about cards like ticketus or tracking so one of the things is like, like you mentioned, when is it getting played in the game? I mean, is it, is it getting played later game? Is it getting played early? When in the game is it happening to have that effect? As well as, this might sound a little weird, but how often does it get played when it does get played? And I know that sounds weird, but what I'm saying with that is like, uh, let's take, um, you know, Deck of Lunacy that just got nerfed. Let's take that and look at how often was Deck of Lunacy getting played versus, okay, in Mage decks versus how often does Ticketus get played in Warlock decks? Even when they're running it, how often do they actually play it? Because, yes, yeah, some of the time, I think Daring just 
talked about this. It hasn't been corrupted. And then the player has to decide, do they want to just play it for tempo and burn some of their own cards? And more often than not, people choose not to do that, even though sometimes it actually might be the correct call to just play it for tempo for the body. But people end up choosing not to do that. So it doesn't get played as often, even though it's being played in the deck. But cards like Deck of Lunacy or Penflinger or, I mean, Skull in Demon Hunter, you know, those cards get played pretty often as opposed to something like Tychidus that doesn't even get played as often. So that's also something that you can look at and think about and really, you know, analyze. And, and everything we're saying, I would definitely recommend taking taking a very analytical approach to this and like kind of stepping back and don't look at the emotional like, oh, they burned my card that I really wanted. And I, oh, I can't believe that that card just got burned or that was the last damage I needed. Sometimes that's going to happen. But if you if you look at all of this based on like the stats and the overall like, OK, if I add this all up, how often is that getting played? When, you know, when during the game is it getting played? you're going to look at it a lot differently than just, oh my God, they just played it and, and burned this card that I was really hoping to draw next. They're, they're very two different ways to look at the cards. Yeah. And I, I'll be frank. I think the win condition on the deck isn't Ticketus. It's Jaraxxus. Like Jaraxxus is the, the big, the big hoss. And then like the, the next like real, like ticket is a good card, but I keep it like, I have it like four or five down on, the, uh, on like the best cards. Like I think soci sociologist militia is a powerhouse in that because it's how easy is it for you to get a full board of souls with it? Like, and then cascading disaster and Tamsin Tamsin is insane in that deck. It is literally like the amount of healing Tamsin can provide in that deck in removal. Like, holy cow. Like the the reason why that deck works isn't Ticketus. Ticketus is a bonus that you get to 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 do later on sometimes, but like the deck works because it can remove, it can heal, and then it has a, a, a an end game punch in Jaraxxus. So like it like you could take or leave Ticketus. I mean, it feels good because you have Yasharaj. You get to play it again, but like, I feel like this deck still works extremely efficiently without Ticketus. And that's like, in my mind, that's a call to say it doesn't need a nerf. Like, it it doesn't feel like that to me. So, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Dragon Rider, that, and I think I think we've talked about it. A little bit before potentially too and there there's definitely a difference between resources that are in your hand and resources in your deck and until the the card transitions from in your deck to in your hand you can't assume that you're going to get it right because it could be at the bottom of your deck like with you know that that's one one adage and and the game might end before you reach the end of your deck or it could be that your cards somehow get transformed or you know, some something happens. We've seen cards like this before. We had Cold Light Oracle. People were trying to win games mm -hmm. because they were milling cards with Cold Light Oracle way back in the day. <laughs> so until a card gets in your hand, you can't assume that you're going to get that card. 
And so you have to play with the idea that you're that basically what you have in your hand is what you have to work with, and you only have potentially a little bit of say on on how how you get to some of those other cards. You know, how much card draw do you have? You know, what what other sorts of card generation do you have? Those sorts of things. And so it, it's it's really important to to like from a standpoint of when you're going into a match with, with Warlock, I think, I think, I think the best way to deal with Ticketus is make it so that you can't, their, your opponent can't play Ticketus. We, we've talked that that's how you play around Ticketus is you play tempo, you play things, you hit the Warlock in the face. Don't give them enough time that they have to say, to, to play, you know, a, a twisting nether with almost no board because they want to corrupt their ticketus or or something like that. Hit them in the face. We, that, that's that that's why like whenever you're playing a warlock, it seems like that's the thing you want to do because their hero power that allows them to draw cards. If, if they have less life, they can't keep life tapping in order to find the cards they need. So it, it's it's the same sort of thing that you've always probably been doing with warlock. You just you you don't want to sit idly by, I guess, waiting for something to happen against Warlock. And so, you know, try and play around some of the things that are are, are in the deck that you know are in the deck, but still keep putting pressure on, on the opponent so that they can't actually play the Ticketus with the idea of milling your cards. But if they do get to that point, realize that you you probably, you know, you... Don't you didn't have those cards to begin with. Those cards were in your deck, but they weren't in your hand. And so until they're in your hand, they don't they don't help you win the game. Yeah, I mean if you need every single card in your deck to win the game, the chances are that you probably were not winning that game in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting but like at this at the same point in time like I understand the feels of like you know cuz because this is a vitriol or I can't think of the word not vitriol um uh it's a very what is the word I'm looking for vivid reaction it's very uh visceral visceral there we go i could not remember it's a very visceral reaction to like having your cards burned right so it 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 doesn't feel good necessarily but at the same point in time that doesn't necessarily mean that a card needs nerfed but you know i could see them doing it because people are you know some people are uh you know, being very loud about how they feel about having it played against them. So, hmm. who knows? I was going to say the other, the other thing is like, so the, your your opponent when they're when they play the Ticketus are are gambling that they're going to actually burn something that's decent. There's no guarantee exactly the five cards that Ticketus is going to burn are even going to matter. There's definitely cards based on the state of the game that aren't going to help you win. And and, and so like 
you you also so there are instances where like yeah maybe maybe i had one burn spell left in the deck and that that burn spell really could have used in order to try and win this game against the warlock but uh you know it gets burned that that is going to happen and that yeah that may uh eventually that may like lead to a win but the odds of like again it gets back to i guess the the idea of if you're if if you put pressure on your opponent or set up a situation where they're desperately trying to burn cards in your deck in order to not lose the game then you know that's then you're then you're probably going to win anyway and yeah the the best the best thing to do is win the game right after they ticket us because because yeah like because you had the thing in in hand already because you were you were thinking ahead and and trying to set up ways that you could use the cards that you had in your hand in order to win the in order to win the game exactly and like the, the thing is to like the cards that get burnt are potentially five turns away for you like <laughs> Is that that last burn spell that got that got you know the last the last card that got burnt was the fifth card and that was the burn spell you needed to close the game. Did you have any card draw on your hand? Mm-hmm. Like, did were you would you have been able to survive t- five turns? Do you think he wouldn't have healed in the next five turns? Like, yeah, I, I ideally like that that fireball is what you needed, but. If you were counting on that and it's five cards deck deep in your deck, you probably weren't going to win that one anyways. So Yeah, and there's just kind of a general concept, and, and Mage has been touching on this too, is like, we've seen other situations like this before. I mean, not only versus Ticketus, but in general versus Priest. That, that was always a big thing, right? You You basically put them in a situation where they have to decide between do I do this one thing or do I do this other thing, right? If they just drop Ticketus, but they're about to die, well, they can't drop Ticketus, right? They have to choose something else so that they don't die. The same thing. Does Priest clear your board or do they heal? And if they heal and don't clear your board, they're going to keep taking damage. If they clear some of your board, then you keep hitting them. You know, there's... It's the general concept of applying pressure and making them decide. We even saw that, I think, with things like Galakrond and Kronks, right? Like, do I just drop Kronks on curve to draw Galakrond? And now I basically did nothing for that one turn. And, and you have to put them in that position of deciding, what do I do? How do I do this? What will benefit me and try to help me actually win? And Ticketus falls in that same category as all of that, right? It's the same kind of concept. So sometimes they're going to be able to play it and burn some of your cards. Sometimes it might be impactful. Sometimes it's not. You kind of have to look at also when they do play it and burn some of your cards, what is the average result? Even today, I saw a lot of Warlock. People dropped some Ticketus. Sometimes it was like, okay, cool. I didn't even care about that card. And now I'm actually a little bit closer to those couple cards that are still in my deck that I do want exactly to be able to draw. So it's like that's a good result. Face for lethal. Exactly. I've I've seen that happen. I've killed warlocks 
because they gave me burn because they gave me my the burn I needed was the sixth card down. So like it it's possible. So yeah, and and I will say too if if you're somebody who's been struggling and you see that ticket has come down and you're like I hate this. Again, I'm going to recommend it cuz it did super well to for me today and it farms those warlocks. Play Soul DH. Play Soul DH. Just hit them in the face with big weapons, big minions, you know, space out your your threats. You've got a lot of five five six sixes. Uh Daring mentioned earlier about the sociologist militia. Well, you're running that in that deck as well. It's like you're just putting out, you know, even spaced threats and then hitting them in the face with big weapon swings. So yeah, they don't really handle that very well. So if you're really having an issue with it and you want to beat them. I would recommend Soul Demon Hunter. I'm running. I'm running two Swampoos. This is my uh, Warlock deck right now. <laughs> yeah, I was running five weapons, so I don't really yeah. care about those. Yeah, I know. No, uh... that that's mainly for Rogue. I I, I don't know yeah. that. I don't know that you're gonna win that match as a Warlock, but, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing with like Soul DH, and this is another way you can think about stuff too, is that okay, let's say the Swamp Boost comes down. Well, a lot of the stuff that Demon Hunter is already doing, for example, they don't care if they have a weapon or not. Their stuff gives them attack regardless of if they have a weapon or not. So you're still going to be able to get those swings and deal that damage. And then, you know, again, things like Inquisitor is just insane. Um, and so thinking about these things in general not only helps you really analyze specific cards like Ticketus that we're talking about, but it's going to help you take a step back and look at how certain matchups play out, as well as just maybe how a certain deck is lining up in a meta in general. So when you start looking at these and kind of, okay, I'm going to take a step back from this. Instead of Ticketus, I'm going to look at Control Warlock as a whole. How do I beat that? Okay, then you take a step back from that okay, well, now I'm looking at the meta in general and how Warlock fits in with the whole meta. So, like, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff we're talking about, we're really trying to get people to think about bigger concepts, a bigger picture, instead of just focusing on, like, this one thing is is terrible or needs changed because that's not always the case. Sometimes it does. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, with, like, Penflinger was a bit too strong. Deck of Lunacy was seeing way too much play. You know, and, and those things need need toning. But overall, you know, we're, we try to break down the concepts and like, why does something need changed or not? So hopefully we're getting that message across. Precisely. So that'll do it for this week. So we have a very big announcement. We are, uh, this is going to be episode 97 right now. And we're coming up to episode 100, so we are going to do a live stream of episode 100 of Doctor 3. It will be going down on May 4th, 2021 at 5.30 p.m. PDT, 8.30 p.m. EDT. So please submit your comments and well wishes via a special Discord channel. Uh, or on Twitter, you can also email Dr. 3 at dr3hs at gmail.com. And that Twitter is dr3hs. So, um, and to find your Discord, go to our Twitter. Top pin tweet will take you there. So, 
this is this is exciting. We we've yeah. talked about it off and on actually for almost since the start of doing this podcast mm-hmm. about doing a live show, live recording of the show. And for episode 100, it felt like this was the thing to do. So we are really excited about it. We hope that you will join us. We're going to be on, I think, Dragon Riders stream. Uh, yes, Twitch stream. Yep. I will yes. be hosting it as well. I'm sure, Darren, you will. Yes, be as I well. will be like, as well. Yep. Uh, hosting, hosting her, and then, um, yeah, we would love to to read some comments and, and well wishes and anything that that the community would like to share with us. So we will create a special Discord channel, uh, a special part in our Discord for you to leave those messages so that we can read those or email us or message us on Twitter. And, and, and yeah, we're, we're hoping we can do some, maybe some question and answering during the, during the live show from people that are, that are there watching. And uh, yeah, we, we hope it, hope you'll join us and and we we think it'll be a lot of fun so yeah i'm super looking forward to uh taking the podcast into triple digits triple digits man this is it's crazy yeah, it's, it's 100 episodes i mean and then it's going to be two years like in a couple weeks after that it'll be you know two years like uh it's crazy like it's i love it i'm i'm very happy with it it's always humbling to see like to hit a milestone so super excited so um mage you want to go into this week's poll question and then we'll wrap it up sure so our poll question for this week we had nerfs balance changes that occurred actually today as we're recording this and uh well you want to know what was the first class that you decided to queue up a game with after patch 20.0.2 went live uh, did you pick Demon Hunter, Druid, Shaman, Warrior? One of uh, That's all one group. That'll be one answer. These are some of the classes that I think we're seeing kind of the least amount of play before before the patch went live. Uh, or did you queue up Hunter, Priest, or Warlock? That was kind of that next tier of... The, these were not the best decks, but these were kind of that next level of uh, of decks that were we're seeing a fair amount of play, or did you just queue up one of the decks that had got nerfed today? Where was it? Mage? Was it Paladin? Was it Rogue? So those those are the answers. Tell us, vote. Tell us which class that you queued up your first game with, and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Um, speaking of the show, I just said all this information once, but I will say it again. You can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can uh, go to our Discord by following the top pin tweet. Also, you can email the show at Dr3HS. Um, and you can find myself on Twitter at Daring Alkaline. Uh, Drag- er, Dragon Runner, yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DonnieDK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. And uh, now streaming, I'm not doing every day, but I'm going to be trying a schedule of Monday through Saturday. Uh, and uh, you can find me over there, uh, twitch.tv slash DK. And on there as well, if you click the banner that says donate on my Twitch page, it'll link you to my new Ko-Fi page which I teased last week about uh, the kind of 
Hearthstone casting like webinar thing that I'm going to be putting together. That will be going live there. So please go over there and check that out. And I will hopefully see you all over there. Mage, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mage of Death and Monday, Wednesday, Friday evenings. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mage And thank you everyone for tuning in this week. Um, and as always, you have been listening to Dr. Three. Mill, 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 boom.